Welcome back from the brink. I'm Todd Brinker. It is Thursday, the 28th of January. Erin will not be joining me this morning, but in her place, I have Jensen. How you doing? Doing good. Hopefully we happy. have good connection. It's been raining a lot up here, so. Yeah, happy yes. Thursday. Yeah, so Jaren, Jaren, Jensen is coming to, see, I got Jaren and Jensen. <laughs> Jaren, uh, is 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 coming to us from uh sacramento area so she is north of me and you guys have been getting all the bad weather we're supposed to get today um already right so you've had yeah per- so pretty to, bad it's storms just been raining but the storm last night was horrible not last night the previous night sorry was horrible uh-huh. um yeah. just winds power outages there were people in sacramento who had power out actually i don't even know if they have power yet but there were people without power for 24 mm-hmm. hours and it's yeah. cold up here, so not, yeah. So not hopefully, fun. if they they didn't have electric, hope, hopefully they had like a gas heater in the house so that they could at least warm up a little bit, and they weren't trying yeah. to run like um, you know like the portable gas camping heaters and stuff in their house because that's dangerous. That's not yep, a thing you're I, supposed I think to most do. Most people either had like a relative that still had power, so they were able to go to a relative's house. Mm-hmm. Um, my boss didn't have power, and then she tried to go into the office and. The office didn't have power, so at some point oh, she was man. like, "All of my devices are dying. I'm I'm fresh out of luck." Like, yeah, I've got no no place to juice up anymore. Coffee shop, except you can't go into coffee shops and sit down. Nope, doesn't happen. Nope. Sorry, nope. so sad. Too bad. Um, yeah, now we come grinding to a halt when we we don't have all of our juice. We need the juice. Yeah. yeah now we're supposed to get that places, today. But... Well, this evening luck. we're it supposed to like... get the really windy that's that's yeah. what it was up here i mean tree there's pictures of um trees that fell in midtown which has some of those really old victorian houses and and craftsmen that have been there <clears throat> excuse me for over 100 years and there was a couple of them that trees fell and just totaled yeah so, that's terrible nasty. you know i hate to see the 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 historical architecture getting damaged and hopefully the people have insurance and they'll build it back and and make it beautiful again um, yeah, you know, the other thing with old houses, though, is even even sometimes I mean, you know, you, if they've been renovated recently, then they've probably got good electrical and stuff in them. But you never know how in-depth the renovation is. You know, if you if you tear it down to the uh, to the studs, then one would think you'd pull out all the old electrical and put new electrical in. But if you you know, you're doing partial renovations, then, um, uh, you know, you may have some pretty old electrical in the house that's going to be kind of spotty anyway and very often when you get bad weather that's when all that stuff starts to show up and you go like oh <laughs> isn't that interesting we don't have power on yeah. the side of the house or you know suddenly we don't have power at all in the house so yeah things you live and learn when you're in any house i think you just kind of figure out what the the ins and outs and where its strengths and weaknesses are uh but uh you know we all endeavor to persevere Sounds like the watchword for the last twelve months, right? It's <laughs> just yeah, endeavor exactly. to persevere. We will do our best. Everybody's t-shirt. Yeah, I think uh, it's one of those things where it's like we've all become a little understanding about like, sorry, I couldn't do insert whatever it is you couldn't do for somebody that you thought you were going to do because you know, COVID. Um, yeah. Yeah. One of those things that people have found that they couldn't do that they thought they were going to do is raise puppies. 
there's a lot of people apparently is sort of uh, amongst the pandemic early on, there was a whole bunch of people going out and getting a dog, a pet, because they said, well, I'm going to be home all the time so I can spend some time with my puppy and raising dogs. And some people just are, are, are finding out that it doesn't work. Or, hey, guess what? When that puppy starts to grow up, it needs exercise and attention. And, and yeah, you're home, but if you're home working, you can't just stop everything to go play with the puppy every few minutes, you know. And the thing about dogs, too, is, is if, they, if they see you there, they want your attention. If you're not there, they probably just curl up and be fine. <laughs> but when you're there, you should be giving them attention. Um, Barking and then you've got to train them. And... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When you've yeah, got baby dogs, you know, they're, they're babies. Well, I, I don't have yeah. any friends that got dogs during the pandemic, but I, one of my best friends got a cat and that, or a kitten. And that required uh-huh. a lot of attention on the front end. And then obviously some like medical stuff just to, you know, yeah. get the cat at shots and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, but now He's fine. I mean, he's a kitten, so he still gets into trouble. But he's a few months old. He's yeah. he's fine. Cats are a, li- are, did... are a little more independent, though, aren't they? I mean, as yeah, far as like what they rely on for the human, as long as you have some, you know, food and water out for them and a place for them to go, they're they're like, okay, uh, leave me alone. Yeah. When I when I need you, yeah. I'll let you know. You know. <laughs> he he has figured out how to open all of the cupboards in their new kitchen <laughs> they just moved houses and so and he goes uh-huh. over and you watch him and he paws it open so they now have child locks to keep their kitten <laughs> out of the cupboards kitty locks which, yeah that's yeah, hilarious yeah they're like huh we weren't planning on yeah. that but okay <laughs> don't really want little oh. bits of cat fur in all of our plates and bowls yeah and... <laughs> on your... yeah exactly yeah but oh. hey curiosity and cats mm-hmm. you know it's a thing there's a reason it's a yep. thing yeah. Like, hey, look, I can bat on this and it opens. Wonder what's behind there. Wonder what's behind this one and this one and this one. <laughs> and that's pretty much what it looked like. We yeah. just stood there and watched him and it was like, okay. Yeah, that's pretty Guess cool. We got to figure out how to close that yeah. off. Yeah. Wow. On the positive side, you know, he's a kitten, so it's not, not too hard to outsmart him. But... Yeah, Ooh, I'm hoping that all those dogs that people bought don't end up just in shelters and stuff but yeah well that seems to be the case is a lot of them are going back to shelters and so now the shelters are saying that you know they're they're looking for homes for a lot of animals that they had found homes for a few months back and now the dogs are people are finding out that oh wait a minute that that dog has more energy than I thought it did, or it's a little too big, or, hey, you know, my, my young child is finding that this is too overwhelming for them, and so this, you know, there's no room in this house for this pet anymore, you know, which is unfortunate. I think that when people decide to get a pet, they need to um, think about it, you know, don't do it as a spur-of-the-moment thing. It's one of those things where I think it requires that you think about it a little bit, that you do a little investigating about the the general personalities of different breeds because they are, you know, different breeds do behave differently. I mean, every animal has its own specific personality, but, um, you know, for instance, Jack Russell Terriers like Eddie on the old, um, 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 Frasier Frasier show was, uh, you know, he, you saw him in little bits and pieces sitting on a couch and making, you know, staring at, at, uh, Frasier and making him uncomfortable. But Jack Russell Terriers require a lot of outdoor space and running, and they're very energetic. And so you've got to move them a lot. And 
they're not an apartment dog, you know. So they 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 created an image of Eddie sitting in this apartment in Seattle, and and them then taking him out for walks. And it's like you'd be out walking him all the time. The Jack Russells need space to run. They they they're very energetic, um, and and if they don't get that, then they they act out, and so they shred pillows and and you know, pee on things and, and they, you know, because they're, they're frustrated. They got all this energy that they got to work out and that's not their fault. That's the person who got the dog. You know, you need to figure out what dog works better in the space that you've got and the time that you've got that fits the personality of your lifestyle. If you're not an outdoorsy active person, then you don't want an outdoorsy active dog. So you want long, funny shaped dogs that are lazy. Yeah, that's us. That's I was going to say, this coming from the guy who's a, now turned into a one-breed type of household. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Three we've got the same. Wiener, we got little yeah. wiener dogs. We got three of them. And, uh, yeah, they're, uh, they'll begrudgingly go out on a walk. <laughs> they're perfectly happy to just curl up on the couch. And, uh, and uh, they're really, really good at begging for food. You know, one of them's a pretty good hunter. He, he catches things in the backyard brings them in and says look what i got and you go like oh great so but you know dogs are wonderful wonderful additions to the family you just got to be careful about which one you get and and what breed you get and understand that like if you're getting an an actual puppy that they are they're they're a child and they need to be taught everything they got to be you know if you want a dog that's trained and understands what to do uh, how to behave, then you need to get an older dog that's been in a home where they've been trained. And too many people, I think, get a dog and never train them to do anything. They let the dog train them. And so, you know, what you end up is a family that, that you know, works around the dog's needs more than the, the dog works around theirs. And uh, that's usually not great for the dog. But dogs like to be in packs, and, and they look for a pack leader. And if you don't assert yourself and be the pack leader, then they'll take over the role. So... Imagine yep. that. It's a big, big decision, and it makes me sad that a lot of people made that without knowing what they were getting yeah. into. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you know, like I said, they're wonderful parts of your family, but but you know, if you if you can't do right by the animal, then you shouldn't have gotten the animal. And and you know, in one side, one side of me respects the fact that hey, you know, you're recognizing that this was a bad decision. Let's get the dog a new home. But, um, you know, I hope if you're taking it back that it's to a no-kill shelter where there will be found a home as opposed to euthanized because you made a mistake. That, that's, that's, the, that's the scary, terrible part of it is, is that, you know, that's yeah. going to happen I as well. I wish we had more no-kill shelters, but those yeah. seem to be harder for, to find. Yeah. Well, they're expensive. They're expensive. You know, right. it costs money to, right. to feed and care for animals. Um, and so... Uh, you know, and it takes a special heart and somebody who wants to do that, you know, um, to run those. It takes a lot of volunteers generally. So, but yeah, yeah, as, as an animal lover, I want to see them taken care of and, and, and in a home where they're happy and safe, or at the very least in a, in a shelter where they're, they're happy and safe until we can, you know, find a home, a forever home for them. But, uh, anyway, before this gets too sad, let's move on to something else. Yep. So, um, yeah, let's move on to something much more uplifting about the coronavirus. <laughs> yeah. 
So I had shared a story about why some coronavirus variants are more contagious and how we can stop them. And it has a lot to do with the proteins that are attached to the outside of the virus and and how um, well it is able to attach to cells in the body. Um, And it's been kind of scary as we've been listening more and more about this uh, this UK variant and there's a Brazilian variant variant and a South African variant and and they they've given them names and numbers like A B17 and and, and of course like nobody that. remembers any of those. Right, but no. they remember the location where they were first discovered, so that's why we call it yeah. you know the South African variant or whatever. I'm sure scientists don't refer to it that way. They refer to it by the the official name that they gave it. Uh, apparently the people who track this stuff said that the, the COVID has been mutating since the day we first understood what it was, but most of the variants that we've seen there was had seemed to have no effect on them whatsoever, but now we're seeing some variants that clearly um, are able to attach to hosts more easily and therefore are more transmissible. Which it bothers me when the news keeps saying, "But they're no no more deadly than the other one." Well, the fact that it's more transmissible means that more people will get it, so that means it is more deadly. So that's the wrong way to phrase that because it's it implies to people that oh, don't worry about this. As opposed well, to, hey, you know, if you get it, you're no more. Because yeah, <laughs> they never seem yeah. to portray things correctly. That's yeah, common. Yeah. More common yeah, than to, it should yeah. be, certainly. Board, yeah, bad choice of words from a news person. Shocker. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where, like, if you get it, you're no more likely to have a bad case of it than you were from any other variants. But you're like eight times more likely to get it if you're in the vicinity of somebody who has one variant versus another. And that is very concerning. It's a pretty significant difference right there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not, yeah, the numbers that they've been throwing out in terms of how much more catchy it is, is, are, are, is scary. What I haven't heard is, okay, it's more catchy. Now, does that mean that, you know, because they've had this like weird kind of calculation that nobody's really, it's been very amorphous, but nobody, they haven't nailed it down exactly what it is, but they're saying that it has to do with the time that you spend in the presence of somebody who, who is actively putting out virus particles, the space that you're in and the amount of air movement in that space. Right. So does it mean that if it's more catchy that, you know, the risk just went up for me to be going to the grocery store because there's, you know, I, I more likely to catch it. Does my or does my mask basically nullify all that by wearing a mask? You know, I haven't I, seen any. Or are they just putting yet, out? Yeah, they're also because not great it, at putting out statistics on how catchable it is in those specific situations, like what the risk level is. Right. They put out yeah, a bunch that's of what I'm saying. Without it's been very, them, but they don't put out the numbers that you need. Yeah, it's be been very sort of ethereal numbers or words, you know, words about like how how it's more catchy. I mean, from what I've been able to just dis- a, a research article without knowing what it actually says. Right, exactly. You know, and so wh- whenever I can, if they reference an article, I try to read the the at least the abstract of the direct research as opposed to the uh, to the article written by some news person. If I can get a hold of it, it's kind of hard to track it down sometimes. But from what I can gather, what they're saying is, is that this this virus doesn't like put out more virus particles that could possibly get you infected. It's that the virus particles that are out there are more likely to stick if 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 it's one version over over another. So if you're using uh, PPEs, personal protection equipment, 
um, you are cutting down the number of virus particles that can get through to you or the number of virus particles that you shed. So if everybody is wearing PPEs, the fact that this one is more catchy means that you know you, you might get it, but you're still cutting down the number of particles that are getting into you, and that's probably still your best line of defense. So wear your masks. So, yep. you know, and I haven't heard masks. anything. I haven't heard anything about like if you have COVID virus strain A, do, you know, does that mean that you can't get virus B? I don't think so. There's been clearly cases of people who've caught in the, caught the virus more than once. So you can get it now. But there seems to be some indication that if you get it a second time, it's a much more mild case, generally speaking. Yeah, which is the way that's you know. the way most viruses work. And right. I mean, it, I think that research is still pretty early because it doesn't mutate as fast as the flu. So it shouldn't need like different, you know, vaccines. But mm-hmm. we just don't know the long term effects of the vaccines and stuff. If that's yeah. going to work against multiple strains of the virus, it should. Yeah. Or if you get it, you know, you and they've like been saying that, case, that it doesn't but... doesn't mutate as fast as the flu. But I'm beginning to wonder if that's true. I mean, maybe it just we hadn't seen it mutate as fast yet. But now that it's, you know, more widespread, it's now mutating more because it's, you know, there's more instances of it out there in different you know human entities where it can then mutate yeah and that's true but i had also read something a while back that part of it has to do with the type of virus too right some of them just like i had the heard way... that as well that yeah. The, yeah that the sars that type that, viruses that be... the that coronaviruses don't tend to mutate yeah. as quickly as flu type. viruses right yeah yeah so um yeah it's all it's all incredibly interesting if it wasn't literally a life and death thing for people um but uh yeah it's it's interesting to see how it's moving through the the population and the scary thing is and of course i just recent recently read about i mentioned you know the uk the south african and the brazilian variants apparently there's a variant that is um was first identified in denmark and that one is not only more um uh catchy but that it also apparently causes a higher percentage of severe cases and that one is a scary one but that one's the newest of the different variants that are out there so we haven't heard a whole lot about that one yet um but uh and the thing was is up to this point they have said that most of them are yeah i'm here they said that most of the the variants that are there are not um i i can hear you just fine can you hear me? I have to call back. I hear you. So I'll I'm, I'm going to hang up and call back. So what I was saying was um, that most of the variants that uh, um, are out there currently, um, they say that the vaccines will work with this one that they found in Denmark. They're not sure. So um, apparently we lost Jensen. I'm trying to uh, let's see if I can get her to pick up. You there? Yes, I am. Can you hear okay. me? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All when right. I lost you, I mean, when when you were talking, I could hear you the whole time. So I hung up and tried calling you back, and then you didn't answer. But maybe it's because you were calling me, or maybe it didn't connect. Who knows? 
Yeah, anyway. I hit and call and answer, but who knows? I knew we yeah. were going to have some fun connection issues because of just the weather here. Yeah, is what it is. It's Skype. The uh, what I was saying was the uh, regarding the virus is that, you know, most of the strains that we've seen so far, they're saying they believe that the vaccines will protect against because the the way the changes have uh, have been made in the virus, they're not they're not affecting the parts that the vaccine will then, um, you know, take action against. However, the one that was found in Denmark, they are less certain of that again because it happened to mutate in an area of the virus that is exactly where the vaccine. Um, takes effect and so we'll see you know it's great it's like yeah, like uh like is. a lot of things in nature right it, it it mutates and mutates and whichever one is um there's not something blocking it that's the one that takes off so it's very possible that this one in denmark may became may become a a predominant strain as vaccines start going out if it's not affected by the vaccine so that was my fear when this whole thing started in fact i think i mentioned it to air and i said it it Kind of, you know, I, I see this 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 uh, disaster sci-fi story unfolding where, you know, this thing is like just multiple waves. Um, and it's like every time we do something to, to block it, it mutates just enough that now we have to start over again. And, and we're living with this thing for a long, long time because it, uh, you know, and unfortunately more and more people die. Each, each wave that comes through you know, affects different set of people slightly differently. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it sounds like a, a end of the world sci-fi story that that's horrific. So it does. Um, yeah. I mean, it shouldn't have multiple waves that are that dead. Shouldn't. Um, cause if you think of like previous historic pandemics, which obviously like, there's only one I can think of within the lifetime of people still on this planet, which would have been the influenza. Uh, yeah, the 1918, 1919. Yeah, 1918, 1920. Which I'm in there. Um, those two years, roughly. Mm -hmm. But some people get it and then build up antibodies, and that would have protected against like other strains. So mm -hmm. this, it should be like that. Doesn't yeah. mean that there won't be other strains that are that are deadly too. Right. Well, the presumption is is that you're, when you, out. yeah, the presumption is is that whether you when you get it or when you get a vaccine, that that'll protect you from uh, that strain and associated similar strains. the 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 fear is is if it if it mutates just enough that that you no longer have protection from it because it has changed again. Um, now, what people don't realize or maybe don't think about is that very often when it changes enough that it's no longer you're no longer protected against it. It also changes how it then reacts with your body, and it might become completely benign because it's now changed enough that it no longer, uh, you know, causes death to the host. So, you know, we can hope, right? Yeah, it'll just be interesting to see how this plays out as uh, things start opening again. Yeah. Because yeah. a lot of the uh, precautions are lifting, and I totally get that, but it's going to make for an interesting mix if there are other more deadly variants yep going around yep yeah i um yeah i it's just it's it's like i said yeah it would be really really interesting sci-fi novel if it weren't like really happening and people were really dying and that makes it much less interesting and much more 
just just horrifying um so i guess time will tell time will tell so um you know uh last year uh, ben stiller's dad jerry stiller uh of seinfeld fame and many other things passed away um and he had a roughly five million dollar estate and apparently oh i guess he just died in may uh so it wasn't that long ago um but uh, his most recent will was dated March 2010, and so the, it's it, because it's a, a document that gets filed publicly. You can go and see where he left his money. I just thought it was kind of interesting to see where what he did with you know with his with his estate, and uh, it, it was originally written uh, to say that his wife and Mira got everything, uh, but she had died in 2015. So uh, if she was no longer alive, then uh, then their kids, Ben Stiller and Amy Stiller, would be the primary beneficiary beneficiaries if uh if ann mirror had passed away which she did so ben and that sounds very normal right it's like your your spouse yeah. for you know if you die you want things to go to your spouse but if if you're both gone then okay give it to the kids um but he set some things aside too he left twenty five thousand dollars to his alma mater uh syracuse university to, to subsidize the cost of uh productions in the theater department and he left he left ten thousand dollars to the charity uh, called the Actors Fund of America for nursing and retirement homes uh, for retired actors because a lot of actors are not as wealthy as he True. was. And you know, a lot yeah. of a lot of them yeah. toil Wouldn't toil away. and so yeah. So this goes to the Actors Fund. Um, he also set aside funds for the Henry Street Playhouse. Um, and the Boys and Girls Republic, a youth program run out of the Henry Street Settlement on the Lower East Side, which is where he lived his his adult life. And so, you know, it's a youth. So think of like a Boys and Girls Club type place. You know, it's a after school and, and, and activities place for boys and girls, uh, for kids, which is kind of cool. Um, and uh, and apparently he was a member of the Henry Street family and, and used to go and do put on things at the at the playhouse there when he wasn't out doing other stuff because he just loved being up on stage and doing things. And so he would go put on shows for the kids and, and uh, you know, can you imagine having somebody like, you know, Jerry Stiller or Ben Stiller coming and doing, you know, stage shows with your neighbor. And, and, <laughs> yeah. With you. Exactly. And it was like, huh? but uh, isn't that guy on TV? He's like, yeah, yeah, he is, you know, but that doesn't mean that he can't come here and, and put on a show and, and do things for the kids and inspire them. So, um, Apparently, Amy is going to get her dad's Upper West Side apartment, and uh, and uh, you know Ben said he didn't want to comment on on his father's passing, so I understand that too. So anyway, just kind of interesting to say that you know he he's done a few things for the arts and a few things for for some actors who uh, who aren't as well off as he was, and I just think it was kind of cool. Yeah, I you know? I think the um, retirement money for the actors is a particularly. Uh, interesting and different choice but i like yeah. it yeah yeah thinking thinking about people who shared the same passion but didn't didn't make it as big yeah as less fortunate than he did and and i think you know there's a recognition at some level i mean certainly there's a lot of ego involved too but there's a recognition at some level that that you know hey i i made it i did really well made a you know better than average living at doing this there's a lot of people who are every bit as good as me who just never got the break and and you know, and so they're living in a home somewhere instead of in this beautiful Upper West Side apartment, you know, and don't have five million dollars in the bank. And so let's help them out a little bit. You know, yep. 
you know, it's just sort of uh, luck of the draw sometimes. Um, you know, I think anybody who's gone to any like, you know, dive bar or, um, well, any bar where they, you know, back when we could do those kinds of things, but any place that they had like live music and you see these little like local bands and stuff. And sometimes they're like, you know, younger people, but a lot of times you'll see them and they're in their thirties and their forties and they're really talented They're You can just, I mean, they're really good at what they're doing. And you go like, why is this person playing in this dive bar? They're good at this. And it's like, oh, they never got the break, you know? doesn't mean that you're not talented there's lots of really talented people who who aren't able to make a living or eke out a very minimal you know income in the arts they're very good at it they just never got that big break that opened the door for them so yeah people that way in a lot of fields i suppose yeah 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 i mean there's a lot of people you know you do it because you have a passion for doing it you hope and that you enjoy the doing of it you know if, if you're if you're trudging through every day doing what you're doing, then maybe you need to look at something else, um, you know. But the, but sometimes you also just have to knuckle it down and say, I'm going to be doing this because this is how I'm going to make money for my family. And, and uh, you know, I'm never going to enjoy it very much, but I'm going to do this because it pays pays me well enough. And then I'll have a hobby and I'll go exactly. do something else that, that I enjoy because I got to pay my bills and I have responsibilities. So, so you're an Apple iPhone user. I know this because... I got you Apple stuff. Yep. <laughs> Over the years. Um, so I don't know if you have done it yet or if you were even aware of it, but um, Tuesday, Apple pushed out updates to iPhone OS, iPad OS, Apple Watch OS, and uh, Apple TV OS. And they are urging people to do the system updates right away, that there were actually three different system flaws that they found that they believe might be actively trying to be exploited. And so they wanted to lock down phones. So if you haven't done it, uh, iOS and iPadOS 14.4 are newly released, and you should probably upgrade your devices. There was not a macOS update on Tuesday, but uh, all of the iOS... You know, I heard somebody the other day on a, on a, a YouTube video refer to it as iOS. <laughs> if you have Android or iOS things, and I'm like, huh? What's an iOS? Th oh, wait a minute. iOS. Okay, got you. iOS, that's it's, funny. Uh, What's the yeah. name of the version? 14.4. So you can go to uh, Settings, General, and About, and you can see yeah, what checking. version you currently are running on your devices to see the if they automatically iPad, updated. The iPad is on 14.4. Mine are set up to do that, so it should, it should be. The laptop right. updated last night because I was using it when it popped up and was like, you need to update, which... I hate, but, you know, got to do it. Yeah, uh, but you can also just say do it later or do it while I sleep or, you know, do yeah, it tomorrow well, or whatever. Yeah, I say do it later, and then by the third time I've done that, then I give up, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. Well, at least it's not Windows where it just says, okay, we're rebooting your machine in three, two, one. Uh, <laughs> and you're like, what, what, exactly, what? exactly. I couldn't what hit my, save. My work computer does all the time, and it's horrible. Yeah, yeah. The, the Windows guys are not quite as kind and friendly about it. They're just like, we're rebooting right now. <laughs> and if you move quickly, you can catch it and make it postpone. But I know more than, a, more than a few people have gotten frustrated because they've lost work because they were doing something and the computer said, up, oh, rebooting for an update. <laughs> and you're like, ah, no, no, not yet. Yeah, it's I've changed all the settings. So it, it auto saves every, you know, just about every time I type something. Um, yeah. 
and for my work, most everything's saved to SharePoint. So, yeah, it should. Yeah, be if you have something like that, that's you know, or, like, or Google uh, your Google stuff. I mean, as soon as you make an update, it's it's updated and saved there. So it's like if you use Google Docs, you're generally fairly safe too. But there's a lot of reasons and, and, and a lot of documents still out there that are in Word, Excel, and PowerPoint. Um, and they're, you know, auto-saved at a certain interval. So just remember, yep. it's uh, Control-S. <laughs> That's save. So if, it's, I, if it starts to shut down, Control-S. <laughs> Control-S. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just I hit become, that as I type. Yeah. Yeah, it's Command S on the on on a Mac and Control S on a uh, on a Windows machine. But yeah, that's if you do nothing else, learn to just tap that kind of neurotically. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of definitely built into my like typing habits as I'm writing things. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. All you have to do is lose all your work once, and then you're like, okay, that's never going to happen again. Um, can be a little weird. So, um, did you check your phone too, or are you just your iPad so far? My phone has not updated, so after this, so, I will yeah. update it. Yeah, so you can force the update by going to uh, Settings General, and then the second choice is Update, and you can go in and say Update Now. My experience was when I updated my phone that it took about 15 minutes for it to go through the process, so it wasn't super quick. The file must be a little bit large. Um, my laptop but, took yeah. forever. I'm downloading the, the new version on my um, iPad mm-hmm. right now, and it's going pretty quick. But the laptop update yesterday took forever. I was like, what I is this? You were, I thought you guys. said your iPad was 14.4 already. It wasn't. It had popped up, and then I realized below it had a button saying ah. download oh, now. Oh, upgrade so. to this. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 yeah, you know, and so anyway, um, apparently, like I said, there were a couple bugs that they said that they thought in the wild were trying to be not necessarily successfully, but but were, were being exploited or being attempted to be exploited. And so they said, you know, we've we've put these in to to uh, to block that capability. So yeah, go for it, get it out there. So um, yeah, tell your friends and neighbors. Uh, and you can do the same thing with your watch. Remember that when you do your watch, it has to be charged fifty percent, and it and it has to be uh, attached to its little magnetic charger for it to actually download and update, so that it has enough energy to make sure it gets all the way through the update. Uh, and then Apple TV, usually that's set for a default as well. But if you go to um, settings and then system, there's an option there to uh, force the update or you can have auto updates yeah. turned on. Well, I just checked in so. both the iPad and the phone are set up for automatic updates, but I, it doesn't give you any indication of like, okay, when is it says when you're connected yeah. to Wi-Fi, and I'm like, well, nobody leaves their house. Like, I'm always connected to Wi-Fi. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> connected to Wi-Fi, very often it's got to be plugged in, but if you plug it in overnight, you know, it came out on it Tuesday. Usually overnight. what happens is if you're doing automatic updates, they push out chunks of automatic updates over the course of the, the week following its initial release, and that's usually just because they don't want their servers to be overwhelmed by a jillion updates trying to hit them all at once. That makes but, sense. You, know, you can go yeah, through the so forced update if you want. Yeah, so I think it just my devices yet yeah so it just hadn't rolled out to you and it probably would have in the next few days and generally the way apple does it is if you've got a device that's plugged in you know they know what time of day it is where you're at and so they tend to do the updates when most people are asleep and so they'll try to do auto updates you know and in fact the phone itself knows and the ipad it knows you know like what times of day you don't generally use it and so it just does it when it's on a down period so very often that's when people are sleeping and so very often you'll wake up in the morning. So if you have your phone set up for like, uh, you know, 
open uh, unlocking with your touch ID or with your face ID and you wake up one morning and it doesn't it says you have to put in your pin code that means that your device rebooted overnight and that's probably because it installed an update good to know yeah so a lot of people when they wake up it's like how come my touch ID or my face ID doesn't work sometimes when I get up it's because your phone rebooted or your device rebooted after doing some updates if you have auto updates turned on I don't even know that I would know that because there's like enough times during the day where the touch ID doesn't work the first time and I have to readjust my thumb and then, you know, yeah. put in the password. But I, what I'm saying is no matter how much you readjust it, it's not going to work. It'll just tell you you have gotcha. to use your – you have to. It'll, it'll right, actually pop up and tell you you have to put your pin code in. So yeah. I don't know that I would yeah. or even recognize that that's what's happening. Yeah. You know, I have an old iPhone SE, 6SE. Um, it's the little one, the one that was like the iPhone 5, and it's tiny. Uh, but it's the only one that I've got that uh, that runs and has a fingerprint ID on it. And I got one of those uh, pay-as-you-go monthly um, plans on it that's as cheap as I could possibly get it uh, that runs off the Verizon network. Because remember, uh, when you travel sometimes... Uh, you don't always have signal with with multiple providers, and so I have all of our phones on on T-Mobile, the family phones. But I have this one that runs off of a Verizon network because sometimes it'll get signal when the others won't, which is nice when we travel. But I've also found that um, you know, and and it's also my phone that if I decide to do any development, which I've done on and off at different times, that's where I test things, so I can load software onto that and not worry about it, you know messing with my primary phone. But it's also been really handy to go to the grocery store because I'll put my um, shopping list on that phone and I can unlock the phone with my fingerprint instead of my face ID because I've got one of the newer iPhones that I use as my day-to-day iPhone. And I'll tell you what, there's I'm, I'm getting really tired of having to type in my pin code or uncover my face for half a second to use the stupid face ID. Because of the masks, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, with the masks on. Boy, did Apple um, get get screwed by that <laughs> in terms of I realized they had timing, face ID yeah. out. Yeah, they had face ID out a couple of years before COVID hit. But boy, that that has come back to bite them. Um, I would be shocked. I know they couldn't get it done in time for their this most recent round of iPhones. But I would be shocked if the next round doesn't have uh, both available on the phones. You know, um, the new uh, iPad Air put touch ID on the power button on the side instead of with a round dot at the bottom and uh i can see them on their you know what becomes what i guess the iphone 13 or the 12s or whatever the next one's going to be called having face id but then also having touch id on the button so that you for those of us you know and if you want to be really secure you have to both of them have to work right but you can set it to one or the other when you're wearing a face mask because what a pain you know especially at checkout like if you're trying to use the um uh apple pay uh, Apple Pay. It's like you have to take your mask off to do Apple Pay, or you have to try to type in a PIN code, and it's like, you know, that whole process for me is anxiety prone, and I don't know why it is, but it's just it's irritating to go through that for me. Hmm. Yeah. I so I, I have know, that phone set up on a usually... on a separate test account, and I and I put yeah. money in the Apple Pay on that phone so that I can just do it. It's like that's my shopping phone. Yeah. That's where I buy my groceries. Um, Actually, you you reminded me. I have the little um, pouch with the SIM cards for that phone. You left it at my house. Oh yeah, those were the um, so the old ones that came out of it. But yeah, um, oh, okay. you can. Do you want it? Uh, so you want I mean, it, it's working fine. The ones that are <laughs> um, honestly, um, I'm trying to think. Is there a reason to hang on to it? I don't think there is. You can actually throw that away. Okay. 
Okay, because I'm mailing other uh, stuff to you. So I was like, you know what? While we're talking about it, I'm thinking. Yeah. Enough, well, you know what? If you're mailing stuff else. to us, th- <laughs> if you're mailing stuff to me, just throw it in the throw it in the whatever you're mailing. That's that's what I figured, and then you can decide. Yeah. Cause then I can look I at it and make sure that there's not some reason I might need it. I don't think there is, yep. but you never know. Yep, yep. But I'm just waiting for Apple to. I want to hear what their March announcements are. Yeah, yeah, it it will be interesting to see. I mean, there's rumors are are are, are you know all, all over the Brewing. place in terms of what we might be see. Yeah, the um, they're talking about um, uh, laptops that will have MagSafe connectors uh, again instead of just USB C. That you'll be able to plug it into a USB char- USB C charger, but it'll also have a MagSafe connector for those who prefer them using MagSafe, uh, at least on the Pro models. And there's also rumors that they'll have an SD card slot so that people who, uh, who you know, do like a lot of photography or something don't have to camera people. carry a dang dangle or a dongle around. Because, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah, 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 your computer looks really cute because it's only got, you know, one kind of little hole on the side of it. But now I have to carry all these, you know, a bag full of, of different dongles to attach it to things that I want to attach it to because you guys are too dang cheap to put it in the actual box. So now I have a whole other thing it's I have to carry around to keep track of. not that they're cheap, it's that they're too, too design-oriented yes. sometimes. Yes, it's, it's aesthetically unpleasing to put holes in our computer. Yeah, have yeah. forbid. Yeah, I think, um, you know... It's interesting to see the design change at Apple over a period of time after the departure of Johnny Ive. Um, You know, I respect a lot of the things that he did design-wise, but I think that at the end of his term at Apple, the design had gone so far towards design and so far away from from, um, aesthetically pleasing design as opposed to functional design. And there's no reason that the two have to be mutually exclusive. But I think they were making a lot of decisions that that were not um, in the best interest of users. I mean, they spent five yeah. years trying to push a butterfly keyboard on the world so that they could save two millimeters of, of thickness. And and that thing was nothing but a nightmare uh, for people. And, uh, you know, and they've backed away from that finally. And, and, you know, nobody's going, oh, now I have to carry a thick computer. Nobody ever said that, you know. Um, that, that always bothered me. It's like, oh yes, this one's thinner and this one's thinner and this one's thinner. Each new generation was thinner. And I'm like, nobody asked you to make it thinner. That's you. <laughs> we, we didn't ask it to be thinner. We asked for more battery life. We asked for something that fits in our hand. We asked for keyboards that actually work and, and don't get hung up on, on, you know, the dust in the ether, uh, and suddenly have keys go bad on them. I mean, you know, we, we just want reliable well, quality equipment. From what I've heard, the, the next, the rumors about the new one is that they're finally, the you know supposed launch in March is that they are maybe going back to things that customers like and actually listening to customers. Yeah. Instead of making yeah. those design choices. So. Yeah. Well, Apple put we'll together a, a special group, uh, and what they did is they hired a bunch of uh, uh, designers and and people to do in-house work for Apple, and started talking to them specifically and created a feedback loop for them direct to the developers and the designers about what they need in a computer. And that's what the um, the new Apple Mac Pro, their, their up to $50,000 computer, uh, came out of. It was guys that do video editing and stuff saying, I need a computer that I can stick, you know, six video cards in. Uh, I, I, you know, that's what I need. 
And if it isn't going to be an Apple, then I'll go buy a PC and figure out how to do it. I'd rather it be an Apple, but if Apple doesn't have anything for me, fine, I'll go buy a PC. And and so Apple listened to them and made the Mac Pro. Um, and uh, And so, you know, I think that same group is now going through and saying, you know, what are the needs of people who use this computer? And let's make sure that we understand those needs and then design from there as opposed to what would make a really aesthetically pleasing computer and where are we willing to move against that aesthetic to provide functionality. Because yeah, I think we're maybe that... seeing some of Tim Cook too just throughout the company going like we don't have to be so egotistical about all of our choices here. Like we can Yeah. we can listen to our customers and that's that's okay. Like sometimes the yeah. customers maybe don't know what they want, we have to show them, but there's there's got to be a balance. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's it's when when we when we are not giving them what they want, they're going to alternatives. We're not the only computer in town. And so, um, you know, and and it's a shame because people seem to like our stuff more than other things. But but when the choices are, are you know, deal with something that just doesn't work for you, you know, as a professional, particularly, you can't make that choice. You and I as a, you know, uh, non, I mean, I say non-professional, but I mean, as somebody who who's a content creator and needs very specific things out of their computer, as opposed to just a general purpose computer user, um, those people you know, they don't have the option of saying, well, okay, I like Mac, so I'm just going to buy the Mac, even though it doesn't do the things I want to do. They can't do that. They've got a job to do. They have to have a computer that does the things they want to do. And so they literally didn't have a choice. They had to leave Apple. And, you know, I think Apple has always had a certain amount of um, ego and and uh, and pride in, you know, we were the creator's choice. You know, creative people picked our computers. And yeah. When so they when they're losing that, that market, they're like, huh. Yeah. Losing that a, market, I, I think, was a real this. blow. Yeah. That that was a real blow to them. Um, you know, and uh, and I know there are some people who work in uh, in like TV and movies who who had switched to using Windows based computers and aren't even at this point willing to go back, even though the, the Mac Pro is probably a superior computer to a lot of what they're using. Um, and certainly when they switch to the M1 ships, they've, they've got more computing power. We'll see if pe- more people switch back. But there's a lot of people who's like, well, you know, I just don't trust them. They said they built this beautiful, and it, it is a beautiful computer, but when, when I need to upgrade that computer, is there going to be an upgrade available? Or are they just going to go, yeah, we fixed it for you once. Now we've gone on our way. We're busy making, you know, skinnier iPhones. Um, right. You know, and again, as a professional, you can't be... You lose productivity every time you switch back and forth between different work environments. And so you you need to, um, you know, make a decision that you can live with. Um, that said, a lot of those people also, they don't use a computer so much as they use a piece of software. You know, they use uh, Avid video editing or sound editing software, and that's what they use. And they live in that environment. So whether it's running on a Mac or a PC is pretty minor. They'll run well, I don't know. I guess it depends on the program because, like, if it's if it's the Microsoft stuff, all the buttons are in totally different places. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like, that's true. They are are that's a less uh, uh, at the professional level software. The the you know so- software that costs you uh, ten thousand dollars to get a license when you're doing really really high end video editing and stuff. Um, that stuff is less likely to be 
different from one to the other. I mean, some of it's different just because there are standards within the operating system that are different. The way the menus are set mm -hmm. up and stuff are slightly different. But the actual, you know, like the key commands and stuff to do things, is they, they make that transparent. To be honest, I'm surprised that a lot of those really high-end software people haven't just said, you know, screw Windows, screw Mac, we're just going to run it on Linux. You can go get the operating system for, for free. And in terms of just speed of use, there are versions of Linux out there that run faster than either of those two, you know, standardized operating systems. Um, and you can run versions of Linux on both Mac and PC. In fact, just recently, uh, a, a company has posted uh, free to download a version of Linux they've got running on the new M1 Macs. So if you're a, uh, a Linux user, um, you can even buy the new Macs and get the OS running on that. So I haven't seen a computer running Linux in so long. Yeah. Well, it's... It's a, a niche while, thing, I think. I think it's a niche thing. It's not. It's it's something I that engineers think other do. I don't know that that exists. <laughs> yeah, unless you're yeah. in computer fields or studied computer science, I don't know that most yeah. people even know that that's an option. Yeah, I mean, it might be if you are, you know, like I said, if you're in a in a siloed use case where you're running, basically, you live inside of an app and you don't care about the operating system. Um, then there yeah. are some apps that are available that way. But you're right. For the average user, they buy a computer, they turn it on, and they run it with whatever's there. That's how they use it. And they'll you know, they'll download the apps that they need or they will log into their online apps that they need. I mean, let's face it, for a lot of people these days, the computer is basically just a means to get to a browser and, and have a nice right. keyboard attached to it as opposed to a tablet that doesn't have a nice keyboard attached to it. Um, but even that's getting to be so a very blurry thing, you know. I mean, with the uh, Windows tablets and and you know full full keyboard and mouse support now built into uh, iPad OS, you know you, you've got more choices than you used to in terms of how you get to a browser and how you type on your computer. And which browser? And yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I realized the other day I have three different browsers on my phone, and I'm like, do I need all of these? <laughs> what are these here for? Yeah, yeah. Well, especially on the phone. I don't know if most people realize it, but uh, on iOS, the underlying uh, engine that renders everything on the screen is the same one that's used in Safari, regardless of which browser it is, because the development kit only has the one render engine in it. And so all of the browsers, the functionality and stuff may be like the desktop versions, but the underlying engine is the exact same one. Hmm. You Interesting. Know. That I didn't know. Uh, yeah. Whereas if you go to the Mac or Windows, the underlying rendering engine can be any one of a, diff a variety of different things. But, uh, um, you know, I don't know. The, the world seems to be using Chrome more than anything else right now. And for me, that's that's like, here, Google, look at everything I ever look at ever. And so I refuse to use Chrome unless something just absolutely won't run in, in Chrome. But like on my desktop computer, I look at it right now. And I have Safari, which is my primary browser. I have something called the Brave browser, which is built on top of Chromium, which is the underlying source code for Chrome. But it is uh, 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 their own browser and doesn't send all the info to, to Google. I actually have the Chromium browser, which is a development browser that is the basic underlying technology, but it's a very basic browser. doesn't have a lot of bells and whistles. I have Chrome. And then I have Firefox which is, you know, a, a fairly secure and, and different set of base code than Chrome and Google. And so 
So yeah, I've got five browsers sitting on my little button window, and I think about it. I use Safari, I use Firefox, and occasionally I'll use Chrome. But I do use yeah. all three of those. Um, my phone, um, I click Safari, but it opens up everything in DuckDuckGo. Mm -hmm. um, and then it's the only reason I know I have so many on my phone, too, is because I'll go to click on something and then it gives me the option now, which it didn't used to do. But now it'll say, like, do you want to open this in Safari, Chrome, or I'm trying to even remember what the other one was. Mm -hmm. I don't know. There's another one on here somewhere. Um, yeah. But I, I use Chrome occasionally. Although I yeah. will tell you, um, my friend Kendall, who um, I was talking to a couple weeks ago and works for Microsoft, has for a couple mm -hmm. years, um, and her now ex-boyfriend works at Google. She was like, honestly, it's she's like they have tons and tons of data. But she and she's careful about what she puts on. She's not a very social media person, but she or, and she used to be when she was in college and sororities and stuff. But um, but she was like, honestly. I'm working with a bunch of that. Like, yes, they have a lot of data, but they they don't know what to do with it. And a lot of the people there, she's like, it's intimidating when you go to work for these companies because you think you're going to be surrounded by genius computer geeks and stuff. And she's like, mm -hmm. I'm the genius of my department. Like, I'm the one running. Yeah. They're not, you know, they, I'm sure there's people above her and stuff. And she's like, I know that there are some geniuses there, but she's like, most of them are pretty average Joe. They don't know what to even do with the data that they have sure so well that's that's in a lot of cases i think that 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 you know they're also very very large companies and there could be a complete division she's not even aware of that's mining that data for all oh, kinds sure. of stuff i'm sure um you know so yeah, yeah. But and, she, and she's department hot she's been there for oh gosh since she graduated college um and I would say just about every year she's found a different department. She likes the company, but she hasn't. Sometimes she's like different departments and done different things. Right. Um, so she's she's seen yeah. a good amount of it. So yeah. Well, and you said Microsoft, right? It's where she works. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Microsoft has never been known for being particularly adept at the internet true. stuff. They were very late to that game, and in fact, they just for gave true. up on their own internet browser, and they now run a browser that's based on Chromium, just like Google. So. Um, yeah. So, so you know, I, I'm, I, I, I yeah, mind. yeah, I, and I'm not negating what you're saying because you're right. Any big company of that size is not going to be, a, you know, rooms full of geniuses because there's just too we'll many people like there. Most of those people are just average people. Yeah, they're just Showing average their folks doing, doing their doing thing. And... You know, and and it's up to the management to figure out a way to take those who who are the geniuses and weed them up into positions where they can be, you know, used as a genius as opposed to the guy who's, you know, cleaning up code at midnight because that's the job he got even though he you know could be plotting to overthrow the world if he were given the the resources you know yeah so um that would be the evil genius they always talk about evil geniuses they never talk about you know kind or benign geniuses right so yeah true yeah. Where are those guys? Not very successful, The other thing I, I always worry about, you know, is security that is security by 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 neglect, right? It's like, oh, don't worry. There's tons of data, but we don't have the, the means or the time to figure it all out. It's like, well, but That's you will eventually. That's kind of what it sounded like. Her impression yeah. of most of the companies up there was kind of like IBM yeah. even. She was like, it's it's pretty, it, it is yeah. security by neglect. Yeah, but, but. but it doesn't mean that it it won't happen, you know. Right. <laughs> somebody right. will say they're still collecting it all, and eventually somebody's going to sit down and figure out an algorithm or an AI that'll be able to sort through all that and pick out, 
you know, hey, I want to know everybody who's got blonde hair, blue eyes, and bought toothpaste on Tuesday. And they'll be able to do it, you know, because they got that info in there somehow, you know. And uh, They might need toothpaste three Tuesdays. Yeah, so now we can start selling them toothpaste. You know, let's put some toothpaste ads on their profile. You know, and that kind of stuff is the kind of things that they're looking at. But there's lots of other more nefarious things they could be doing with that data. So it's just, you know, the skeptic in me says, yeah, just because they haven't figured it out doesn't mean they won't. And and I'm not even convinced that they haven't. Just, you know, the people who have figured it out are kept locked away and are told not to talk about it because that's a a huge negative for the company if if it leaks out that yeah we figured out how to figure out you know what size shoes you wear uh you know i mean i mean that's not that hard but no but it's it's uh, yeah exactly amazon knows all about our size shoes and clothes and everything um yeah you know but it was like uh when you start doing predictive stuff too like there's the um the story about the analytics on target when they're targeting their ad ad flyers to people and mm-hmm. they were able to identify that a woman was expecting before she even uh, was uh, had no. told anybody. And yeah, so she suddenly started getting ads for, like, you know, baby products. And it was a little freaky. And so Target had to actually go in and modify their their algorithm a little bit to, to if you even if you know it, we need to, certain things we need to be a little slower at at letting it become obvious and mix in some ads from other things so that it's not like obvious that we have figured this out you know yeah yeah and if they if target can do it then you know you know microsoft and google and everybody else can do it too so it's funny that it's target because that's the one where like i I got i have a bunch of target gift cards and nothing at target has looked interesting so (laughs) i'll just hang out to them or buy some groceries or something yeah i've yeah. I don't know. I they haven't figured you out I yet. I shop a ton at, um, at Target, and then I shop a ton at Walmart, and I'm on a Walmart kick. So Yeah. I, I know there's a lot of people who say, uh, yeah, if you're going to go into these places, go get cash and pay cash so they can't track you. They can't tie your card to a certain person. Because even if you don't oh, have their loyalty card. but they suck you in card, with the apps and stuff. Yeah. It's like, oh, you get points and discounts and stuff if you use the Target Circle app and the Walmart app. Oh, and- yeah. You know, yeah, right they, now you get sucked in because you're like, I love the car pickup thing for both of them. I have the apps for yeah. both, and it's like it's so convenient. Yeah. To just you know click, and then you get a message or something an hour later, and you're like, okay, on my lunch break, I'm going to go drive and pick up my order. Yeah, you don't have so. to go in at all. It makes shopping so much easier. I wonder if we're going to see a company, or maybe even uh, one of these companies, will just set up a store that's like that. That it's like you can't come in. It's it's drive through only. It's drive through and pickup. I know? thought Amazon had done tests on different models like that, like tried some really weird versions of Amazon. Yeah, stores. Amazon's been doing a lot of things like that. I'm just I, I'm surprised that somebody like a major retailer hasn't tried it. It's like, you know, hey, you don't have. It's not. It's not. Um, you know, next day delivery. It's it's today. Just come drive through and pick it up. You don't have to get out of your car. Just drive in and say, yeah, here we are. Right. And, and in fact, I would be shocked. So it's like, I would be shocked as after the first time you're not, you, you come see them. They've got cameras and stuff to read your plates and know what kind of car it is. They'll know it's you. You don't even have to tell them you're here. You just drive in. And a minute later, somebody comes walking out with your stuff and says, you want it in the back? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Probably, uh, coming down the line. Yeah. Pipeline. 
You said you're sending something. You haven't sent it yet? Correct. Yeah, I've got something. I got a notification from FedEx that I'm getting something arriving today. And I'm looking at it. I've got a tracking number. I'm trying to see where it's coming from. It says it's coming from Chino, California. I have no that idea what that the, is. That is the uh, gift for mom that we oh. talked about the other day. Ah, it showed got up you. early, and I'm jealous because when I ordered my set, um, I guess we okay. could just say it and hope mom doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> Yeah. No, um, we'll just leave it that. We'll leave it is. But the, you you okay. ordered yours, and it took forever for you to get it. Yeah, yeah. Because mine came from Pennsylvania, and then yours comes, you know, from down the street from your house, and and you get like next day. And yeah. I'm like what? That doesn't always <laughs> save you though. I ordered something uh, from uh, Egghead Computer. I ordered a cooling fan from Egghead Computer, and I intentionally went and found it at Egghead. Because they had it at Amazon, but I thought, you know what? I don't want to buy everything from Amazon, so I'm going to buy it from somebody else. So I bought it from Egghead on the 3rd, I think, of January, something like that. Uh, it was like a Sunday, and they said it would arrive on the uh, arrive on the 6th. So I got notification on the 5th that it had shipped, and it would arrive on the 6th. Now, mind you, the warehouse it's shipping from is 16 miles from my house. So... Uh, about midday on the 6th, the notification changed from, it has been delayed, it'll arrive on the 7th. On the 7th, about midday, it, it changed from, it's been delayed, it'll arrive on the 8th. This went on all the way to the 14th. Okay, on the 14th, it says it'll arrive on the 15th. I pick up the phone, or I go online actually and did a chat with their customer service and said, this is crazy, it's coming 16 miles, I could have gone and driven over. And basically, I was told, wait till the 19th, which would be two weeks after it was supposed to arrive. And if it hasn't arrived by the 19th, then then reach out to us again. So, all right, Jeez. this sucks, but I'll wait. Okay, so I waited from the 14th to the 15th, 16th, 17th, 19th. On the 19th, I go online to chat and say it hasn't arrived, and I noticed that they say it has been delivered back on the 14th. It was never delivered. So I was pretty pretty hot under the collar. When I got the customer service person online and said, yes, I want a refund. I don't want you to reship it. I don't ever want to deal with you guys again. And in fact, I've already bought a replacement, ordered it, and it arrived. On the 14th, when I talked to them, I said, screw that. Mm -hmm. I ordered it on the 14th, had it on the 15th from Amazon. That's why people buy from Amazon. You know, it's not because we love to to give them all our money. It's because when they say they're going to deliver it, the thing shows up on your doorstep. Yeah, and that well, that's what was weird about this Am- or um, Walmart package. So I ordered it, and it said that it was going to arrive in two weeks or whatever, or ten days. Um, and it said it was going to be on Tuesday, right? And so I go, and a couple times between then, I check the shipping, and it's moved within Pennsylvania, but it hasn't. It's just sitting there. And then yeah. about twenty-four hours before it's supposed to be here, it moves across the country, and then and it made it here on the exact day they said. But I'm like, why did that take two weeks? I don't understand. Yeah, I I don't understand the the timeline there, and that's why it was interesting to order the exact same thing and ship it to you, and it's like, oh, it's coming from Chino Hills, it'll be there the next day, and I was like, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe they I'm, were out I'm, of stock in Chino, and that's why you had to, such a long shipping experience. Yeah, but so. then it's you know why is it sitting in Pennsylvania for two weeks? Like, right. Yeah. Even what, if that's the you case, you mean it, you couldn't have moved. taken it out of the warehouse and stuck it on a truck to the airport or put it on a pallet for the airplane to fly it out like? Two weeks the ago? actual move time was, like I said, 24 hours. It was here yeah. from the time they moved it from the state of Pennsylvania all the way to, you know, it moved around to a couple cities within California in 24 mm-hmm. hours and made it here. 
So it's like that yeah. should have been 24-hour shipping. But it, and whatever the backup was, they seemed to know it because they told me right when I ordered it, like, it'll be here in two weeks or ten yeah. days or whatever it was. Yeah. But I don't know. It's going to take this long. Clearly I know long. nothing about shipping. I'm just the angry consumer. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, you know, I think part of that, too, is the company who ordered the shipping didn't pay for it to get there any sooner. So the shipping company was like, okay, then we'll put that on a low priority. It doesn't need to be on an earlier flight. It doesn't have yeah. to be there till that day. So, so yep. we'll just and move I think it that's when we, exactly when we what to, happened, but you know, it's annoying. Whereas if, you know, the, if the shipping company had said, you know, send it here or best available, you know, I wonder if that, you know, that shouldn't cost as much as I need it tomorrow. Like I need it tomorrow. I can understand that's expensive. Right. But that used to be yeah. FedEx's mantra. I mean, they literally had commercials when it absolutely positively has to be there overnight. And now it seems to be when it absolutely positively has to be there sometime eventually, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I've actually, this year, because I've been ordering more stuff, my, uh, I don't know, I don't, worse doesn't seem right, but my least favorite customer service experience so far have pretty consistently been FedEx, if something's yeah. coming via. I like their tech system, though, that it tells me when it's coming. But. Yeah, their, their tracking is pretty good. But, yeah, I also went to go ship something, and, and FedEx was literally four times as costly as the post office and got there and was going to get there at the same time. I, yeah. I just happened to be near a FedEx, so I ran in and said, hey, I need to ship this. And when they told me how much it was, I laughed out loud and went, no, thank you, and walked out and went down to the post office, which was, you know, a half mile away. And and sent it out for literally a quarter of the amount, and it got there exactly the same time as they had promised it with FedEx. I thought, you know, you guys are yeah. jumps, you know. And and I don't know what went wrong because at one point in time they were the the overnight shipper and and were reasonably priced. So I don't I don't get it. I don't know how they. And then like you said, they of uh, if if I get something shipped to me, um, FedEx seems the most likely to have delays or problems with it getting to me um than of, of the of the three major shippers that being ups the post office and fedex now that said the package that i ordered from egghead was being shipped by a regional shipper called on track and i've had them before and yeah. i don't like i don't like their technology and their tracking was clear i mean they clearly lied it, it was never I... delivered here um so they either delivered it to the wrong place or somebody just closed the order out and said yeah it's delivered which was yeah boring. and i've had a few just random things like that too or notorious i live in a duplex and there's a house behind me like right a detached house and they frequently and it doesn't the post office seems to be better about it but they all will just ditch stuff on my door because it's the most uh -huh. obvious from the street instead of walking around the house or trying to figure out like read the signage Mm -hmm. And sometimes I even get neighbor's packages. That's my favorite. Like one time an Amazon guy clearly was running behind or something and just ditched half the neighborhood's packages on my doorstep. So then I had to walk okay. around across the street and next door to the other house. Like this isn't even the same number. <laughs> like, Yeah, yeah. This, this is not my I, job. Yeah, I was like, I get mixing up like it's annoying, but I get mixing up like me, the duplex, you know, the, the guy behind me. We're yeah. all the same like address number, but these were like not even mm -hmm. the same houses. And I'm like, it's a neighborhood. The houses are numbered. Like, Yeah, yeah. How hard is this? this? This seems like pretty straightforward. 
you know, the one thing about, I will say Amazon, and, and, you know, that's actually probably, I should say, you know, the four big ones, because in addition to the post office, UPS and FedEx, right, Amazon Amazon's doing a lot of their own delivery now themselves. They're going, you know, the, the whole mile now and delivering to doorsteps. And they have a tendency, I don't know if they all do it, but they, they, they where they put the package down and then they do a snapshot of the package on your step. So yeah. you can you can look at it and go, that's not my house. <laughs> you know, I didn't get yeah, it. And, and that I, picture you sent me, that's not my front step. I don't know where that is. Well, that's know? what was funny. It was Amazon. It was like all these Amazon packages for the houses next to me. And, yeah. you know. Of like, course, oh. if they're not your packages, you don't get the pictures of the stoop, right? <laughs> but all your neighbors yeah. know which stoop it is. It's like, oh, yeah, that's that house over there. Yeah. I also get a um, like a food delivery box um, mm-hmm. every other week from Imperfect Produce. And they... When the pandemic hit, they had a huge surge in people. I was using it before the pandemic, but um, just people wanting to get groceries delivered, which makes sense. So they were hiring new people. And for like weeks, I would they would put it on my doorstep. They'd put it on the neighbors. They'd put it on, you know, the other side of the duplex. Like they couldn't figure out the house number. And I'm like, really? <laughs> like, come on, guys. Yeah. So luckily my neighbors are nice and they'll just walk it over here. And sometimes yeah, I get like, there. It's a four-digit um, number, people. Come on, or five-digit. Yeah, the whatever. home. One of my neighbors gets a home fresh like kit to make uh-huh. the meals, and um, it, it's on my doorstep regularly. So walk it over there. But it's just funny. Yeah, yeah moving that's, fast. That's Obviously, nuts. they got a lot of business. So. So um, talk a second about the the vegetables that you get ordered too, because that's, that's something that's interesting and that I think people should be aware of. And and uh, you know, I know for a while they weren't taking any new subscription because they got a little overwhelmed. But uh, I think um, they are again. Um, they obviously have expanded a lot since the pandemic. But um, so it's called mm-hmm. Imperfect Produce, and they buy the produce from the farmers directly. Who and it's the produce that maybe is a little misshapen or is like a too small or too large but it's still perfectly good food and would normally get put to waste um some of it would probably go to feed for for livestock but um but a lot of it goes to waste a ton a huge amount of food in this country goes to waste um and it's because it doesn't meet the grocer's standards so when you go to the grocery store you're looking for that perfect apple even if you're going to cut it up and put it in an apple pie um and so the apples you get from imperfect might look totally fine and like the ones in the grocery store because maybe it's surplus too because the growers sometimes mm-hmm. will grow extra in case something happens to the crop. But sometimes you'll get one that's like maybe a little smaller or has like a slight bruise on it or something. Um, but it's all perfectly good um, produce and shows up at your doorstep. You can do weekly or mm-hmm. biweekly. Um, and then they expanded too, so they're not just doing produce now. Um, you can get dairy products, and they, they'll pack it with on ice too, your box. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get meat and stuff, so you can virtually do all of your shopping with Imperfect Produce. Yeah, yeah, um, they have pantry items, refrigerated items. It's imperfectfoods.com. Yeah, that's right. They the, changed uh, the name. I forgot. They changed the it to foods because it's not just produce. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, they're not national yet or last time i had checked they were still so ironically the friend who told me about this works for a farm and is working on her master's in produce and i went to uc davis with her she worked in in produce um research and she told me about it she works for a grower in colorado and sends the food to imperfect to then go in boxes but they don't serve colorado or they didn't at the time so she was like i can't get it but this company's cool she got her the farm she works for to mm-hmm. sign up and give their extra carrots and stuff to Imperfect Produce. Um, yeah. 
but and then I checked too to see if they were in North Carolina where we have family and last I had checked they didn't have a location there either but they're I'm pretty yeah. sure they're all over California so yeah they in currently California. have expanded to about half of the state of North Carolina so it depends on where you live in North Carolina um, they've got the northern half of West Virginia virtually all of Virginia and Kentucky um, they've got all of the northeast up to uh, about halfway through Maine they go west into the eastern end of north and south dakota and nebraska the entire state of kansas most of oklahoma and texas and louisiana but they don't go like into mississippi alabama georgia that that bottom right hand corner of the country has not been uh, covered yet and then they have the full west coast now so washington oregon california little bits of nevada um like the reno area and the las vegas area um wow that's most of nevada did you say they are in colorado now uh no, they are not in Colorado. They're in okay. Kansas, but they so don't go so to Colorado. Funny to me. And uh and nice. like they don't go up into New, uh, that you know most of New Mexico and Arizona are not covered. Yeah, if you look at their website, they have a where where we deliver map and you can kind map, of see. Yeah, and that's expanded uh, a lot over the yeah. I've been doing it for about 2 years now and boy was I happy when the pandemic hit that I had groceries that I knew were coming. So, yeah. if you don't go online each week and pick your groceries, they will just send you a mix. And you can go in and pick right. and say, like, I never want this or I'm allergic to this, so I never want this to show up in my box. But they'll just send you a mix. Or each week uh-huh. you get a text or an email saying you can go in and personalize it. Which is a nice thing, too, because, like, if you know you want to make something in a recipe and, and it's like, well, I need carrots, it's like, you know, you say, hey, make sure I get some carrots this week. So, And you can also yeah. just type in your zip code specifically to find out if, it, if they deliver in your area so you don't have to uh, look at a map and say, well, I'm kind of like right where that line is. Do I, or do, can, can I get service or not get service? Just type in your zip code and it'll, they'll tell you if they can deliver. Um, and I think it's worth saying, too, they're not going to have, like the regular grocery store, when they don't have berries in season they or whatever, they will ship them in from other countries. And sometimes with Imperfect, they're not going to do that because they're, they're trying to buy the produce from American growers. So it's really, it's seasonal. There's a huge variety of stuff, but it doesn't mean like if you're used to getting, you know, they don't have bananas, Mm -hmm. for instance, right? Yeah, Um, but it's old style eating, right? You eat what's in season. And that's generally, a lot of people consider that healthier eating because it's, uh, um, you know, it's, it's, it's seasonal. And a lot of the the things that are growing in the, in the fall are the things that have nutrients that, that you need in the fall. So it's, it's, it's amazing how nature provides for you if you just let it, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I just checked, and it's available in my area. They they deliver on Fridays, afternoon and evenings, and so I could. Yeah, that's mine too. I get Fridays. Could do a Friday and say, "How many eaters are in your household?" Is the next question. And then any dietary preferences? Uh, you can say, "I eat it all: low carb, vegetarian, or vegan." Uh, those are your options. So I'm oh, if you're going to sign up, it. I can get you a coupon code if you're interested. Well, I'm not know that I'm. I don't know that I'm going to sign so. up right now. I'm just going through the process to see what's here. Yeah. So, what type of produce do you typically buy? Organic, regular? I buy both. Those are your options. Uh, yep. What's your most important meal of the day? Breakfast, lunch, or dinner? Well, they always say breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Does that mean it's the most the the, the one that I spend the most time preparing or working on? No. <laughs> Uh, but they say that's supposed to be the most important. Do you feel bad if you, if you don't really treat that, treat it that way? So I don't know. Okay. So I've got regular produce. I've got a plant pack, $16 for the regular produce. Uh, that's 11 to 13 pounds of stuff. Plant pack is 
is two to four items for 10 bucks, snack pack, meat and fish pack, or grains pack. So I can add it all up. So if you want the whole package, so you can put these all together if you want. So um, weekly, this would be $53 if I wanted all of that stuff. Yeah. Well, I don't, I get just the produce and then I'll occasionally throw in some other things if, if I need yeah. it. Um, and then, yeah. um, yeah, I, I get a mix of produce and, uh-huh. and some other stuff occasionally. Yeah. But, um, well, and you think about it, $53 sounds like an expensive subscription, but I mean, you know, if you've got two people eating $53 a week, if this isn't, you know, the majority of your food, it's actually a bargain. Um, yeah, and I, I actually did end up switching from getting it weekly to doing it bi-weekly because I found that I wasn't eating some of it fast enough. Cause it's just me eating right. on it. Um, but I, I get the one-person box, but it was still like, okay, if you mix in that produce plus you know some of the other stuff, I, I still go shop at Trader well, Joe's. You so, get your seven you know. helpings of vegetables a day, you'd be eating it all. But yeah, you're not yeah. crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, it not a, nothing to do with vegetables, do by the, the way. Prep. Because yeah. it is, it's just raw vegetables. It's not like one of those home kit meals where it comes and you just like, you know, prepare a full meal. You've got to have a recipe and know what you're going to do with that uh-huh. produce. And yeah. yeah, it does let you skip anytime you want. So if I know I'm going to be out of town or something, I just skip, skip the box. So. Yeah, which is good. I mean, most of those like prepared meal type of things and food delivery type of things do that because they know you're not, you know, you, even in times of COVID, you might not be there every second of every day. So, uh. Anyhow, it's uh, it's good to know that you can do things like that. Like you said, it's 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 helping uh, use vegetables that might otherwise be waste, or um, like you said, some of it becomes animal feed, but a lot of it just ends up going like, well, nobody's going to want those carrots because they're not nice and straight. They're 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 they grew crooked, and doesn't mean there's no nutrition in them, and that they're somehow bad. You know, so you're going to chop them up, put them in a soup anyway. Might as well get them right. Um, yep. So it makes perfect sense, perfect sense uh, to be, the you know, to, to, to gather that stuff up and, and deliver it to people is a good idea. Um, I did a recipe last night, had nothing to do with vegetables, though. I bought a rump roast and cooked it with um, a recipe that had, um, uh, what is it called? Gooey. It's basically like Italian vegetables that have been pickled. And so I dumped it on there and it had like uh, pepperoncinis and and some sweet peppers and some tomatoes and some cauliflower and sliced carrots. And it's all in this, you know, you've seen these jars of vegetables sitting, right? You know, like in the in the section where they have like dressings and pickles and things like that in the stores. Mm-hmm. I had never used them before, but I scooped it out. This recipe said dump this stuff in there on top of it and it cooks in with it. And, uh, you know, a little bit of um, beef broth and oh. That was good, man. I pulled it out and shredded it all, and it's going to. And I bought some Kaiser rolls, and it's going to be uh, shredded beef with. Uh, and and I kept the vegetables out separate when I when I did it, so that you know, I, you're, the, my wife, your mom, doesn't have to uh, eat the vegetables she doesn't want to eat because it had some onion and stuff in there. Uh, so she can just have the shredded beef, but I can have the cooked veggies on top of it too. So cool, cool. Sounds yummy. Yeah. It was a different, little bit different flavor on a roast, and really, really tender and moist, and and uh, lots of juice with it. So we got some au jus to dip our sandwiches in if we choose to. So I'm looking forward to that, uh, to the sandwiches. I, I, I cooked it yesterday, but didn't really eat it. I just tasted it, you know, because we had I had some yeah. uh, leftover cheese potato soup that she had made that was delicious. 
And so today, Yum. in fact, I'm thinking I might even do it for, for, uh, for lunch today. I might have uh, roast beef sandwiches for lunch. So um, we've been going for over an hour now, and it's 8.30. So I think it's probably time to wrap it up, call it a day, and get on our merry way. You've got things to do. I've got things to do, people to see, places to do, you know, all that stuff. Yes, that. So, yeah. <laughs> so nice uh, thanks for you. joining me today. I appreciate it. Aaron should be back tomorrow. And uh, oh, cool. have a wonderful day, everybody. Thank you. You too. Bye, everyone. Bye, Jensen. Thank you.